Hi folks, I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. This is a practical prepper show and you know there are a lot of places that you can listen to podcasts and you can hear people talk endlessly about building their bug out bags or setting up a, and planting a garden and how they grow different things or freeze dried foods and all that kind of stuff and you know that's all good we, we we've got to do that we got we got to prep we we got to do whatever we can to store food, to store water, to have the proper tools available, to have generators and power and things like that. And I discuss that, and occasionally I bring people on to talk about those. This episode is a little different. This episode I want to talk about prioritizing. Because I find that whenever I was unprepared, it was basically because I didn't do a good enough job of taking inventory not taking inventory, excuse me, of analyzing what could probably happen to me and my family and that I didn't prioritize my preps according to what could probably happen to me and my family. Now, I know that you folks listen from all over the world, all over the United States and all over the world. So I cannot begin to tell you exactly what you should start prepping on or what you should start prepping first. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you about my situation. And a lot of what I do may apply to your situation. And most of you know I have a philosophy I like to live by. And that is whenever I listen to something, whenever I read something or watch a video of any kind or even a TV show, I take the best and leave the rest. My old mentor Tom Hopkins taught me that. Take the best and leave the rest. I want you to do the same thing with my podcast. Take the best of what you hear and leave the rest. Apply to you what works. Apply to you what is applicable to, applicable to you and leave the rest. Now, if the rest of what I talk about doesn't apply to you, don't, don't criticize it because it might apply to somebody else. I'm not saying I don't like criticism. I do like constructive criticism. However, once in a while I get people giving me feedback that says well you know you're way off base on this Bob well they might it might be your opinion that I'm way off base but it might be something that's very important to somebody else so keep that in mind but give me whatever kind of criticism you want as a matter of fact if you listen to this show on iTunes go to the iTunes directory and how about putting up a review for today's survival show on iTunes. Any kind of a review. It doesn't have to be just a positive, perfect review. Any kind of a, a review, I take them all to heart. And as long as they're constructive and not full of nonsense, I will uh, take your criticism under review. And also, if you got some good feedback, put it up there on iTunes. It's basically, it helps people find out about today's survival show and decide whether it's a show that they wish to listen to. Alright, so priorities. Let's talk about priorities. It, not necessarily in this order that I'm going to present them to you, but this, these are my priorities. Money is probably second on my list. 
My first priority, obviously, is spiritual preparations. And that's right. You know, a lot of you might not have heard that before. You might not have heard that on another podcast about prepping and survival. Spiritual prepping. Most of you know my faith. I'm a Christian. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. This podcast is not about religion and it's not about politics. But you need to know me and you need to know where I'm coming from. So, I'm telling you, you don't have to believe the same way I believe. And I'm not going to criticize you if you don't believe the way I believe spiritually. I'm not going to criticize you. And I'm not going to say that you're any less prepared than somebody else. It's something that's important to me. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to die. I don't care how good of a prepper you are. Sometimes if a disaster hits you, if the stink hits the fan, you're going to prolong death maybe longer than somebody that hasn't prepared. But at the end of the day, you're going to die. And this is a difficult thing for me. I wrestle with it every single day because most of you know I just fought a real hard battle with cancer. And uh, I'm kind of anxious right now as I uh, dictate this podcast. I'm waiting on a test result that's taking a long time to come back. It's a four-month checkup test result. And it's kind of got me worried because I figure if it's taking a long time for the results to come back, Maybe it's because there's something wrong and they're trying to figure it out. And then the other part of me says, well, no news is good news. If there was something really bad, they would have rushed to notify me. I don't know. But, you know, when you've been through what I've been through, when you've been through all of the, all the cancer treatment and the fight that I've been through, every little hiccup makes me worried. And so I have to rely on my faith. And we're all going to die sometime. And where you want to spend eternity... See, I I believe that eternity is real. And you're going to decide where you want to spend eternity. Again, I'm a Christian. So, because I'm a Christian, I think you know what my beliefs are. My strong belief in Christ as my Lord and Savior. I will spend eternity with Him in in heaven. Okay. Now that's that. Second would be money. And the reason I say second would be money is because not that money is more important than my family or anything else, but money helps me prepare. Uh, For example, food. Let's talk about food. You can't get food unless you have money. Even if you grow your own food, you have to have money to grow your own food. Now, growing it might be less expensive than buying it at the store, and you have better control if you grow your own food. you got better control, don't you? you got better control over what you eat if you grow your own food. So that's a, that's a great reason to get into gardening and raising as much of your own food and also raising livestock so you can have as much food as possible that you can control. But you've got to have money to do it, especially raising livestock. You got to have money for their to be able to feed them. You got to be able to have land to support them. All these things take money. You have to know how to after you butcher livestock how to process the meat. And then how to store it and a place to store it and a method to store it. And if you don't know how to do all that yourself, if you don't have the tools and the facility to do it, you got to pay somebody to do it and that takes money. 
So sometimes when you really sit and analyze how much it really does cost for you to raise your own food, raise your own animals for meat, and grow your own plants, it might cost more than you think. I mean, what if you're hit by a drought? What if you're hit by floods? What if you're hit by some other kind of a storm, like tornadoes or high winds, and maybe some of your livestock get killed in that disaster event? Maybe some of your plants get uprooted and destroyed in that kind of a disaster event. You have to figure all that into your cost, don't you? So sometimes purchasing food, as long as you purchase enough up front and you store it and you keep it on hand, sometimes for some people that's the best way to go. That's the best way to go for me right now. I don't have the time, given my family situation, I don't have the time to grow a garden. My knowledge is not that terrific on growing a garden. So my food storage is dependent on what I can buy. And most of you know there are all kinds of different food storage that you can buy. Endless amounts of different types of food storage, food stores that you can buy. You can you can purchase, you know, freeze-dried foods that are good for 20 years plus. You can buy regular food and you can can it. You can freeze it if you have extra freezers and you have generators to keep those freezers and refrigerators going in case the power goes out. You know, you can freeze food until the power comes back on. Then, of course, you can just keep on refrigerating, refrigerating it and keep freezing it for as long as you can keep your, your, your refrigerators and your freezers powered up. And for me, that's the best option. You can buy foods that don't need refrigeration or freezing. And as long as you got the place to store them and the pantries to store them and things like that, you're good to go. So, I'm not going to make this particular episode about how much food you should store, but you have to have money to be able to do it. So that's why I put money second on the list. And most of you know I'm a huge fan of staying out of debt. Recently, I had to use credit for a little bit. Uh, I had to use credit for some dental work. And a couple of other things. But the amount of debt that I have, especially credit card debt, I can more than pay off at the end of this month. And so that's what I plan to do. Or at least pay most of it off by the end of this month. Because the payments and interest will kill me if I don't pay more attention to paying it off. Now you might say, well, if I had the money to pay it off, why did I put it on credit? Because at... At the time that I had the work done, cash flow was a little bit slim because I'm in sales and a big portion of my income, not big portion, but a significant portion of my income is on sales commissions. So sometimes if the commissions are a little bit light, I have a smart way to use credit and that is I only put on credit what I know I can pay off either by the end of the month or by the end of the following month. That way I'm limiting my use of credit. So, yeah, I decided to go ahead and carry one, and, and, and that's one credit card that I use. All right, And it's got a very, very low balance on it. But sometimes there is a smart use of credit. Food storage might be a smart use of credit. If you need to purchase food storage... Pay as much of everything that you can in cash. Which is why I'm a big fan of, you know, the old truth. And, and again, I, 
I don't think I can repeat this enough. Really. I don't think that this can be repeated enough. You need to always spend less than you make. Now, some people might say, well, Bob, does that mean as long as I can make my monthly payments and have money left over, is that okay? Yeah, it might be okay. If you're making monthly payments on things, if it's vehicles or if it's credit cards, not too much. I hope it's not too much on credit cards or, or houses or whatever. I'm a big believer that your your monthly payments, including all of your regular expenses like utilities, water bills if you have to pay them, electric bills, garbage disposal fees, all that kind of stuff, it shouldn't be more than about 85% of your of your monthly income. Now, here's what I believe about money and percentages. My family and I, we try the absolute best we can to tithe 10% at first. We believe in that. Um, that's part of our Christian beliefs, that it's important to tithe. Okay? Uh, it's important to tithe. 10% of our gross income. So we give back to the church 10% of our gross income. Now, I, these are preps that I think that if you are the kind of person that believes in tithing, you need to set your budget. This is where budgeting comes in, and this is where budgeting is very, very important. Because if your expenses are only 80 to 85% of your income, well, think about it. You can tithe 10%. Easily. That still leaves you 90%. And I really prefer the expense ratio of 80% of what we bring in. Now, you might say, well, Bob, my expenses are so high, I can't, I can't you know, live on just 80%. In other words, I, I can't limit my expenditures to 80%. My expenditures are 100% of everything I make. Well, you've got two choices. Figure out a way to cut. Figure out a way to cut your expenses somehow. If you have to live in a different place, if you have to drive a different vehicle, if you have to cut out some kind of a luxury, something that you don't need, if you have to do a combination of all that, or as I've mentioned many times, get another form of income added to your current income, a second or even a third source of income. My family and I have three sources of income. And I'll say that I do make a little bit of money on this podcast, not much. Not as much as you might think, but you know what's good about about uh, this podcast for me is it gives me a little bit of extra that I can save, and that is what I do with most of the money that I make from both of my podcasts. And if you guys didn't know, I do another podcast called the Handgun World Podcast. By the way, you can probably hear the rain hitting my windshield. I am in the mobile studio, so I'm being very careful, and I've slowed down. I do the Handgun World podcast. So if you like to listen about, if you like to learn about guns and listen to, you know, different things about handguns, rifles, concealed carry, and things like that, let me also invite you to listen to the Handgun World podcast. You can also find that on iTunes by searching Handgun World, or you can go to handgunworld.com and stream off of the website. So between today's survival show and the Handgun World podcast, I have a little bit of a secondary income stream going. I've worked very hard for six years. Very hard for six years putting out these shows. And I'm reaping a little bit of financial benefits from it. So if you can add money to a savings account every month, I think that's an important prep. You know, see, here's the thing. In a stink hit the fan event, 
unless unless we have a, a absolute complete and total collapse money is going to be necessary now if we have an absolute complete total collapse where the US dollar or the form of currency from your country is worthless well then you know that doesn't apply but that that scenario I think is far less likely than a partial collapse now maybe your dollars or whatever your currency is won't be worth as much as it is today after a partial collapse I get that but you still have to have money you still have to have some savings you still have to have some currency that is worth something which is why gold and silver is very important to purchase because gold and silver are rarely or if ever worth zero they're always worth something gold and silver is always worth something there's some value I'm 54 years old and I can't remember ever gold or silver or silver being worth nothing correct me if I'm wrong on that call into the voicemail if you want phone number 210-646-1727 and let me know let me know if I'm wrong but it's never been worth zero now Again, that number is 210-646-1727. And this is not a commercial for the gold and silver sales companies, because, you know, you hear them say that a lot, but it's true. It's true. It's, it's you know, never, if ever, been worth nothing. Now, when it comes to money, I don't proclaim to be an investment expert, but I believe in having different types of ways to save money. I have investments which are into mutual funds. I don't play the stock market. I do buy some stock mutual funds. And, you know, stocks are, are stocks are risky, but you can also minimize your risk. And, you know, we've seen here in the United States stocks fluctuate quite a bit. But the stock market historically over the last 25 or 30 years has, perpo- has performed pretty well. But if you have all of everything you saved in the stock market you're taking way too huge of a risk in my humble opinion so having some of your money saved in cash very important cash sometimes is not as volatile as the stock market rarely do you see people losing 20% of their cash value or 25% of their cash value in two years we've seen people lose 25% of their stock value in two years, haven't we? Or let's go even further. We've seen people lose 50 to 75% of their 401k or their stock value in a matter of, you know, five or six years. Rarely do you ever see somebody lose 50% of their the value of the cash they have on hand in five or six years. We have inflation, but inflation's not quite that high. So you got to pay attention to stuff like that. And the sources of income that you have, the extra sources of income that you have, or if you don't have them, learn to create them, should be as residual as possible. In other words, they're, they're regular. In other words, that you've got a, a regular amount coming in every month. And even though it's, it might fluctuate, even though the amount of money, let's say you have a side business, and the amount of money coming in every month fluctuates, at least there's something extra coming in every month above and beyond your hourly pay or your salary pay or whatever it is that you do for a real day job and if you're unemployed and you're looking to make some extra money or looking to make some money period 
beyond your unemployment or you're beyond your disability income or whatever it is that you're living on, uh, consider starting your own business. It's not that difficult. Um, you can start your own business without having to pay a lot of money. Um, I've got two internet businesses. I've got both of these podcasts that are on the internet. And I've got ways to make money on the internet. Matter of fact, you know, I put the call out quite a bit for those of you that listen to my podcasts to support me whenever you make an Amazon purchase. I've got two different Amazon stores, affiliate stores. I've got this one here at today's survival show, and I've also got the Handgun World Amazon store. And all you got to do to support me, whenever you're going to make an Amazon purchase, just go to todayssurvival.com, click the Amazon store, follow that link, and if you just do that, those two or three steps each time, you're supporting me and you're helping me out. Amazon pays me a an advertising fee is basically what they call it. Some of you who listen to this, you also listen to my Handgun World podcast, and you're members of our Shooters Club. And my friend Ben Branham and I have a great video membership club for only $8 a month. And you support us that way, and you watch all of the very, very informative, good quality videos that Ben Branham and I produce on learning to use your handguns, shotguns, and rifles effectively. But if you have a passion and you want to start a blog or you want to start a podcast, it's not that difficult to do. You know, starting blogs and starting podcasts and, and monetizing them is not that difficult. Just do some internet searching on how to monetize your blog and monetize your podcast and your internet business. Or even if there's something that you make, something that you're good at making, uh, it's not too difficult to sell on the internet. You know, you can set up a WordPress blog, for example, and you can have a website set up in 15 minutes. And you can put pictures up on your WordPress blog of what it is that you make and everything, and it works out pretty well. You can advertise that you have things for sale. Um, and by the way, if it's something survival or prepping in nature and you want to sell it, you want to talk to me about selling it, we might be able to work out an arrangement and maybe I can help get you some exposure for what you've got out there. I would like to make sure that it's a viable product or a viable service and test it out first and make sure that I 100% believe in it. But, for example, like um, like Clay at the Skilled Gentleman podcast, uh, Clay has, uh, recomm- has products that he recommends, and most of them can be purchased through Amazon. So Clay and I kind of have a little bit of an agreement that um, he sells his products through my Amazon store, and I help him get more exposure for his podcast and what he's doing. So you might want to think about that. Clay does an excellent podcast, the Skilled Gentleman Podcast. Listen to that, Skilled Gentleman Podcast. It's an excellent show. And uh, Clay has been, he's interviewed with me on this show a couple of times. I'll probably be having him come on again soon. Uh, Maybe you're a book author. I've had Cal Wilson on here, and I've had Glenn Tate on this show. Both of them are book authors. And they've helped me get a lot more exposure, and I've helped them. I've helped them get more exposure. And uh, Cal Wilson's book, Dirt Cheap, Valuable Prepping, is a good book. And, of course, most of you know Glenn Tate, his 299 Days book series. If you haven't read any of them or you haven't read all of them, 299 Days is the survival book series. And guess what? Use my Amazon store to get your copies or your digital downloads of 299 Days. Also do the same thing for Cal Wilson's book, Dirt Cheap, 
valuable prepping. Use my Amazon store. Just go to my website first and then click my Amazon store. So you see, it's kind of like a, like a joint venture. It's kind of like working together with other people to get the word out. And it all starts slow. Folks, I've been doing this for six years. Okay? And it's taken, it took me about three years to get it to the point where I was making some money on it. Other people have done it faster. I don't believe in having a whole bunch of paid sponsors to where I'm running commercials for 10 minutes every episode. I just, you know, I don't like listening to podcasts like that. And uh, I kind of assume that other people don't either. So I keep this as commercial free as possible and just ask you to support me in some other ways and then not run a whole bunch of commercials on my show. So that's what I feel about prepping financially. If you can keep your monthly outgo down to 80% or less of your monthly income, you're going to be in real good shape and you'll have money to pay for the livestock, to grow your gardens, to build the buildings that you want to build, the land that you want to have, the bug out vehicles that you want to have, the bug out locations that you want to have, the food storage that you want to have. So if you're unbalanced in your preps, if you're If you're spending way too much time and money in one specific area and you're not paying close enough attention to your finances, may I suggest that? I would love to go out and buy a sports car right now. I I would love that. You know, I got the money. You know, I've I've thought this through several times. I could put a real good down payment on it. I could find a two or three year old car that's in real good shape if I really shopped around. I could keep my payments down to. 50% of the extra money that I make, which is a really smart way to finance a vehicle. I mean, the best way to pay for a vehicle is to pay cash. The second best way is to pay for about half of it and put the other half on very short-term, two- or three-year financing so you can pay it off pretty quickly and then make more than the monthly payments every month so you can pay it off even quicker. And I've worked all the numbers. I could do that. But you know what? You know what stops me all the time? Yeah, I would love to be able to sit in a sports car. I would love to be able to start podcasting from a a sports car mobile studio, but I wouldn't be able to save as much money. And let me tell you, savings accounts have come in very handy lately for my wife and I. I believe in more than what Dave Ramsey teaches. You know, he says make sure you got a $2,000 emergency fund. I believe in having about a three-month emergency fund. In other words, a big enough savings account to where my family and I could survive for three months and keep everything paid. And actually, it's more than that. We can survive for far more than three months and keep everything paid. And it's because I'm not going out and dropping a bunch of money on non-necessities like fancy sports cars and things like that. Yeah, it's discipline. Boy, I tell you what, I would love nothing more than to do that. I've never really had a true sports car. I've had new cars and I've had used cars, and uh, but I've never really had a true flashy sports car and I've worked very hard all my life and I've been pretty successful and I've battled through a lot of really difficult things so sometimes I say hey Bob you know what you deserve a little bit of fun but that's not as important to me 
as having everything else taken care of. So again, these are just things for you to think about and take the best and leave the rest. Now, food and water, that kind of goes without saying, right? Because everybody knows that if you're going to be relatively serious about being prepared, you got to have some food and water. I mean, you could have a bunch of money in the bank. I don't care if you had $100,000 in the bank. If you didn't have more than three days' worth of food on hand, you haven't done very well in terms of prepping. All right? Because a disaster could hit, and, you know, the grocery stores could run out of food, and if you run out of food in your house in just two or three or four days, or even you run out in a week, you could be kind of screwed, because it can also take grocery stores a long time to restock after a disaster to get to normal stock levels. So you can't be that dependent on what the store carries. So that's why you've got to be balancing this stuff. So I would say third or fourth on my list is food and water. You know, one thing to remember, with money, you can get a lot of things. You can pay a lot of people a lot of tips to give you things that you might not otherwise get if you didn't have tips. And I mean cash tips. So have a lot of extra cash, too. Now, what do I mean by a lot of extra cash? Well, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. I don't want you to know how much extra cash I have. But I just think it's important to have cash. A decent amount of cash. Again, understand your particular situation. And if you're going to have a lot of cash, you better have some security methods in your home. And you better have some security methods in your vehicle. And you better have some way to provide security in case somebody wants to take the cash that you have on your person. I've talked about that endlessly on this show. You can go back and listen to some of the older episodes. And by the way, if you want to listen to older episodes that don't exist on iTunes or some of the podcast catchers, all you have to do is go to todayssurvival.com and you can stream them off the website. You can also download the older shows off the website and it will store them on your smartphone. I don't know if you know that or not. You can do that. It'll store them on your smartphone or your tablet or your computer or whatever method that you use. And you don't have to have an internet connection. Now, it's not going to put them in iTunes or put them in one of the podcast catchers. It'll probably store it in your music folder. But you can do that. Today's Survival. Remember, there's two S's in my website address. Todayssurvival.com But I've talked endlessly about security methods. But you'll be surprised the things that you can do, that you can get done for yourself if you have cash to give to people that can help you accomplish those things. I'm also a big believer in bartering, something that, again, not a lot of people in the survival community talk much about. It. You know, it's hard to find lengthy, detailed discussions about bartering or even podcasts that spend much time on bartering. They might mention it, but they don't get too deep into it. And you know, I've been learning to trade and barter for things since I was about 25 years old. I I believe in having things that maybe I don't regularly use but might be valuable to somebody else. I had one person give me some feedback on my Handgun World podcast because I talked about having 
pistol and rifle ammo for calibers that are popular, but maybe you don't own a gun like that. And this person, you know, blasted me because saying I'm a I'm a hoarder and it's a ridiculous idea. And I don't think it's such a ridiculous idea if the stink hits the fan and somebody hasn't prepared and they don't have enough ammo on hand and they've got this uh, rifle or this handgun and they don't have much ammo. And oh, by the way, you happen to have the ammo. How about that? Wouldn't that be a good bartering tool? You know, the stinks hit the fan real bad. Situation has gotten violent. Or it's gotten pretty precarious and uncomfortable. And uh, your neighbors across the street, they have a gun, but they don't have enough ammo for it. And a gun without ammo is a useless gun. Well, if you got extra ammo, you got a bartering tool. If you have extra food and somebody else hasn't prepared, you've got bartering tools. Think about that. you got extra water. Maybe... You, extra food and water you don't need you can barter if you have extra cash you can become a negotiator or a barterer you can barter and negotiate with your cash again you'd be amazed how much of a motivator cash is people will do a lot of things to get extra cash and I mean real cash so in a stink hit the fan example or a stink hit the fan situation that is a bartering tool is it not Your skills, I've talked about this before, your skills are bartering tools. If you're a good mechanic, I would barter with you because I'm not. (laughs) I would barter with you today, and I would barter with you even if the stink hits the fan because I'm not a good mechanic. I mean automobile mechanic. But I'm good at other things, and I would barter with you. And maybe if I had a broken down car, you could fix my car, and I could do some other things for you. So, you know, that's important. If you have the ability to negotiate, that, that's also on my priority list. So being able to have bartering tools, that's on my priority list. Having people skills, being able to negotiate is on my priority list because, again, something that doesn't get discussed a lot, but your mental attitude, your people skills, and your ability to... Analyze people, get along with people. That's all very important. Like it or not, if the stink hits the fan, your people skills are going to become very important. So if you don't have real good people skills, in other words, if you're not real good at communicating, if you're not real good at getting your point across, uh, if you tend to offend people a lot, if you tend to get too cranky all the time, if you are not very good at understanding other people's needs and understanding how to get people motivated or get people to um, see things your way based on appealing to one of their needs... I'll repeat that again. If you're not real good at getting people to see things partially your way by appealing to one of their needs, you might want to work on that. See, that's called the gentle art of persuasion. Something I learned as a very young man. Mainly working for Tom Hopkins and Jim Rohn. The gentle art of persuasion. Notice I said the gentle art of persuasion. It's not browbeating people or hard-selling people. And you think about it. When the stink hits the fan, I don't care if it's a weather disaster, if it's a partial government collapse, I don't care if it's a terrorist attack, people are going to be stressed out. They're going to be stressed out. I've always said, desperate people will do desperate things during desperate times. 
and they're going to be very, very stressed out. And that's when your people skills are going to be extra, extra important. So um, look for something coming up from me in the near future. I might, I may, I'm, I'm playing with the idea of starting another podcast on people skills and selling strategies. And people might think, you, some of you are listening to this and you're a prepper, you might think, Bob, why do I need to learn how to sell? You need to learn how to sell because you need to learn how to sell yourself. That's what I'm talking about. That's what people skills is all about. And especially if you take me up on trying to set up another source of income, you're going to have to sell that. Unless you can afford to hire somebody to sell your product or service for you, you're going to have to turn into a salesperson. And you know what? There's a distinct difference between businesses that fail and businesses that succeed. There are, there are really two things that are the difference between a failure and a successful business. How much cash they have on hand and how good they are at selling and marketing their product. There are a lot of good ideas out there, folks, that never had anybody that could sell them or market them, and the products never became popular. Because the person who developed that product was more engineering oriented and didn't have the people skills to be able to put the products out to market and sell them. So those are the two things you need. You need the capital, you need the money, and you need the marketing and the sales. Those are the two most important things in order for a successful business. And, you know... Again, I've talked about that there are ways that you can start businesses, especially with today's technology and the Internet, and you don't need a whole lot of money. But you're still going to need people skills, marketing skills, and sales skills. That's basically my priorities. Those are my priorities. My priority list is not too long. Those are my priorities. Now, that's not those. Are, I'm not saying these are the only areas that I believe that you should prep I mean, I'm saying there's more to your preps than just everything I've mentioned on this brief episode but for me these are my most important areas and if I spend the majority of my time on my most important prepping categories I find that the rest has a tendency to take care of itself you'll notice that too so figure out what your top five or six priorities are and if you spend 80% of your time on the 80% of areas that are the most important in your life or your family's life, you'll find out that the other 20% will pretty much take care of itself. I mean, it'll come close. It'll come close to being... to The preps will automatically be there because you got everything else in line. Maybe more on that in another episode. Um, I've got to make a stop. I am taking a small business trip. So I think this is probably a pretty good time to conclude this episode I do promise I'm, I'm going to try to get more episodes more more of them posted on today's survival show I'm going to do that uh, you know I know there's been way too much time between the last several episodes and most of you know my situation so I'm not going to repeat it too much if you've listened to some of my older shows you know it is you know what it is that, that I'm dealing with so with all that said I'm going to go ahead and say 
Folks, thanks very much. I'm Bob Main. Thanks for listening to another episode of today's survival show, a common sense prepping show where it's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.